Hi, thank you so much for joining us again. My name is Julie Sukup with The Medical Memory, and I'm excited to have another episode of Take One Patient. Um, it's a great resource now that we're starting to look at virtual and recording and all of the things uh, to talk about patient communication and, and communication excellence. Um, I'm very excited to have Dr. Ronnie Strickland join me today um, as far as working with Cardinal Health. Hi, Dr. Strickland. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Great. So I think what would be most useful to start um, is actually for you to talk a little bit kind of about um, your background, starting in as a pharmacist and starting in that capacity um, and kind of how you got into more of an operational role um, with Cardinal and what you're doing now. Sure. Um, um, I'm a 1992 graduate of Campbell University School of Pharmacy. Um, I do have a PharmD degree. Um, worked the first part of my career in, in a retail setting and moved up into operations management there. And, you know, things just got to the point where, you know, the, the retail grind kindly got to me. So I went back into a hospital, which was my original love. Uh, I actually worked my entire pharmacy career or the, during the time that I was in pharmacy school in a hospital pharmacy. So I moved back, um, worked my way up through operations and I was actually a um, pharmacy director of a small rural hospital, licensed hundred bed. We had a 50 bed nursing home that was owned by the hospital. We also had um, 12 physician clinics that we owned. Um, and this was back in the early 2000s. So that was kind of a, a novel approach at the time. So uh, I know there's a lot more of that that goes on now, but um, you know, back in the early 2000s, it, it was not very common for health systems to own physician clinics. So, um, you know, as we as we move to advance our pharmacy practice there in the hospital and increase the offerings, one of the things with us being a small rural facility, we closed at 9 p.m. at night. Um, so I started investigating, um, you know, some type overnight order entry um, uh, company or contract that we could get into so that our patients would be covered by a pharmacist review of medications 24 hours a day. At the time that was just beginning, we were just starting to get into, you know, the, the full electronic health record. And so, you know, in order to have a true electronic health record, you need a true, uh, 24 hour electronic medication administration record. So, uh, in order to do that and do it correctly, you need a pharmacist verifying order. So uh, we went through, um, you know, the different companies that were out there, uh, Cardinal Health being one. Uh, I actually had several friends that worked for Cardinal at the time, two of which worked in the remote pharmacy services business. So I felt like I, you know, I had a, a pretty good connection, you know, into, into that operation. Um, the interesting thing was that um, we were managed by a larger facility, uh, about 35 hospitals across the Carolinas and uh, also down into Georgia at the time. And uh, so they kind of like forced me to utilize their in-house service and, and utilize one of the 24-hour hospitals uh, over at the um uh, in, in one of the larger cities, I'm not going to call any names, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was certainly one of the larger cities and, um, 
yeah, we, we did that for a little while. It didn't really work out all that well. Um, you know, obviously the pharmacist on site at the hospital, you know, their main focus was to ho- the, the large number of patients that they had in their facility. So we ended up switching back and, and going to Cardinal and, um, you know, through, through the chain of events that occurred and, you know, I ended up with Cardinal I actually started working as a staff pharmacist with the remote pharmacy services team based in North Carolina, worked my way up through, um, you know, team director, regional director for the East Coast, and then my current role, and I've been in this role for almost three years now, is national operations director for Cardinal Health's remote pharmacy services business. So it's a little bit of background about me. So one thing that is interesting that I didn't really realize is just what you started talking about. And in case, other, you know, other people don't really understand is, is, is talking a little bit about the, the verification with a pharmacist when there isn't a pharmacy open or right there. And, and so sure. talk, talk to a little bit more about like what that need is and, and how that kind of comes based on um, the pressures that were putting on nurses at that time and the challenges that, that why there's a need for a remote type of service that that in, allows for that. Yeah, Julie, you hit the nail on the head. It's very important. Uh, you know, most of your regulatory agencies or your accreditation agencies for hospitals that require the same level of care, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so what would happen when our pharmacy would close at night our automated dispensing machines, or and you may hear me refer to those as ADMs moving forward throughout the conversation, um, you know, they're p- placed on override. And the nurses actually would just, you know, the, the requirement if they had something that needed to be administered during the night, they would go in, override the medication, and, you know, they're putting their license at risk on, you know, verifying that, hey, there's no drug interactions, there's no allergy interaction. There's, you know, all of, all of this is fine. I can do this uh, and I can administer this to this patient safely. So what having an overnight order entry service does, it takes that burden and that onus off of the nursing staff and it puts it on a true pharmacist. And uh, the nurses are able to, you know, pick up the phone, call if they have a drug information question. Physicians are able to call if they have a, an interaction question or any question about a medication for a patient. So it's really, you know, putting that, putting that responsibility back where it should be. And that's on a pharmacist. So you have that pharmacist 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So. Well, and that's, what's interesting is when, you know, when we first spoke about it, it was just that you said, I mean, now you have a nurse that's doing a nice night shift, you know, is already a little shorter staffed is maybe a little bit tired or, or whatever that is now all of a sudden needing to, um, have, you know, a pharmacy, you know, there needed to be a pharmacist also, and just the small little pieces that, that can evolve from that. Um, which is, you know, not even losing your license or his license, but also like the impact on a patient, because if the provider saying, Hey, you need to administer this, well, they're going to administer it, you know? And so it's definitely kind of like brings about like a, wow, there's, there's a challenge in this, in this system, especially in more rural um, or, you know, uh, hospitals that don't have as much staff, you know, issue that you guys are really truly, truly solving um, in that complexity or in that, in that piece, you know? Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I mean, and the thing that we need to keep in mind, you know, in society today, we have more and more and more healthcare professionals. I'm not just going to say nurses. It's also pharmacists. It's also physicians that are being, uh, you know, uh, criminally charged for medication errors. Um, you know, and we follow one of the things that I am big on is I follow a just culture. Yeah. You know, and when you have a system where, you know, a, a nurse is having to make a decision on, is this medication safe for this patient? Then you have, you have a system that is set up for error. So, it, you know, by, by not having some type, um, you know, pharmacy service 24 hours a day, whether that be remote or whether that be on site, you know, you're really, you, you have a system that is setting people up for failure. Right. Well, and that's one of the things we had talked about too, is, you know, COVID shifted um, a lot of things in a really positive way where now, you know, the the resources are there um, as far as tech wise, even functionally wise to be able to better educate patients. Also, you know, medical memory, we do a lot with educating patients, even sometimes, you know, sending videos on behalf of the pharmacist, on behalf of the pharmacy, on behalf of the provider, um, just on the education side of it, but also the ability to get this like virtual support, like virtual support for nurses that may not understand it or need to like have that, um, you know, stop put in place um, virtually, you know, so how, how is even that ideation that you have really shifted to that virtually since COVID? Well, one of the things that we've seen, you know, and, and years ago, our, our bread and butter customer was that small rural hospital, 50, 75 beds that really couldn't afford to have 24, a 24 hour pharmacy on site. So, you know, one of the, and, and we really went after and marketed to that customer. Well, COVID, you know, really changed the insight or the thought process of people. You know, not only, I mean, you know, prior to COVID, how many, how many patients did you know that had gone through a telehealth visit with their, with their physician? Um, you know, very few. It, it was out there. The, the technology is available and, and, you know, some places were using it, but it was not widespread. Well, COVID actually really drove home the point that, this is a successful model and actually it's probably a little bit more safe because you can take a 10 minute, you know, conversation with a physician and you're not having to go through the physician office. You're not having to go through all of that. And it's, it's driven home the fact that, Hey, we can practice medicine safely from a remote standpoint. Um, you know, and we've started to see that more and more state boards of pharmacy, are addressing remote pharmacy services. Um, They're addressing work at home versus work from a licensed pharmacy. Um, You know, they're addressing, you know, the the entire model that we practice. Um, You know, one of the good things regarding, uh, you know, the company that I work for, we actually uh, started this, this business concept back in 2003. Um, you know, my previous boss actually worked with ASHP and co-authored, you know, ASHP's guidelines on, um, remote pharmacy order processing. So, 
Well, and that's what we're even seeing, you know, a lot on our side too, is also is, you know, of course, using video to educate patients or any of those things Mm -hmm. is, is providing that, that medium in one of two ways, either we are seeing some of our hospitals where they're just really busy during the busy, during the middle of the day, they're wanting to have these bed to med conversations or these bed to med explanations of medications, but to pull away from all the other things, is just not as doable. So being able to even, you know, send a one way video, you know, a video message that they can watch again and again, and be able to understand their discharge medications, what they're supposed to do, all of those things can have an incredible impact without having to take the time to go and go to the hospital and go to each one of those things, which all those pieces of time really add up. Even if it's just having the, hi, how are you? And walking to the floor, you know, is how can we start to maximize, you know, you talked about the, um, the, you always want them to be at the top of their, top of their clinical skills. How can we maximize, you know, those conversations or those educational pieces to provide a patient to have that information um, re-understand it, but also to like ensure that um, they're they're being safe, you know, in in, a, in that piece with what you're talking about with a lot of these places where where it's closed, where they can have, or I need to talk to an ER doctor, or I need that flag video sent to me that says, hey, there's a problem, you know, too. And I think that was interesting how you had said that of um, you want them at the top of their list, the top of their clinical skills, um, you know, right. how, how can we? cut down the times of the non-needed things by providing that their ability to do that virtually, you know? Right. One of the things that we're doing currently, and uh, we actually have a customer actually here in North Carolina and, and we've done some Becker's webinar presentations with that, um, with that uh, pharmacy director there, but you know, they saw a need, um, you know, in, in hospitals, uh, CEOs, they, they deal with uh, decreased uh, CMS reimbursement, uh, you know, due to their readmission rates. Well, this particular hospital had, you know, their CHF readmission rate was pretty high and, and they were getting substantial penalties on their, their CMS uh, reimbursement. So one of the, they reached out to us and, and one of the things that we did, you know, we're, during the day, we're processing, uh, you know, or verifying, you know, probably 50% of their orders that come in. Oh. Uh, and what they've done is they have, you know, decentralized a pharmacist and uh, that pharmacist is actually doing um, discharge counseling for patients that are leaving the hospital and covering their medications and, and making sure that, you know, the patient knows exactly what medication that they need to continue or they need to discontinue or, you know, things that they need to start. And uh, it, not just that process, but they've also done some other things with nursing, but they saw a 65% reduction in their CHF patient readmission rate. Wow. So, you know, they've been able to cut down on that CMS penalty and, you know, increase their reimbursement while also, you know, providing another patient safety mechanism, um, you know, to the patients that are being discharged. You know, uh, the most confusing thing for patients going home is what medications do I start? What medications do I continue? But more importantly, what medications do we stop? One of the things that we've seen a good bit, and and most hospitals do these, you do therapeutic substitutions. 
uh, you know, there may be six drugs in one class and, and I'll give you the pro proton pump inhibitors. Most hospitals use one. Well, when the physician is doing the discharge list or the discharge med list, you know, they, they may not indicate on there for the patient to stop. Let's say it's protonics now. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the patient goes home and they're taking protonics, but they're also taking the other proton pump inhibitor yeah. that they were on before they came in. So that really gives the pharmacist uh, the opportunity. And, you know, and we all know the pharmacists are the medication specialists. Yeah. You know, it gives them the opportunity to yeah. spend the time with that patient and really make sure that, you know, their medication list for patients going home is accurate and the patient understands what they need to do. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, and we're seeing that with quite a few of the hospitals that Medical Memory is working with, too, because, you know, that conversation is so vital and so important because also your discharge, you're not really sure what you were doing. And a lot of times the patient isn't really the one that's like caretaking this. So even if, you know, they're getting home and, and sister's helping or brother's helping the other day or wife isn't there, you know, that's where they started even recording a lot of that information because they're like, hey, just, you Absolutely. know, recheck this, recheck this, share it, you know, and leveraging, you know, the tools that are available for that patient education because um, to prevent that. Because I think you, I remember you saying that it was like 70, 75% of patient um, safety issues or challenges with that are medication related with like taking the wrong thing or not take whatever it might be, which is, which is crazy to think about, especially as it relates to preventing those readmissions back in. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and we, we, we have a breadth of data that is available out there and we fit typically, we processed <coughs> north of eight, uh, well over 8 million medication orders last year. Uh, and you know, about 3% of those are actual things that we had to intervene on. Well, that 3% worked out to be, and I've got that number right here, um, 255,000 clinical interventions that were performed by a pharmacist. Yeah, and of those, what we found and our data supports that half of that number is you know, a patient safety concern on those interventions that we did. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's, you know, over 125,000 potential medication errors or medication events that could have taken place just in the past year with the, with the hospitals that we covered. Wow. So, well, and significant. That, yeah, that onus off of the nurse or any checkpoint, even if it's a pharmacy, as you were talking about, of saying, let us do this work of it so you can get out to patients and educate and communicate or or also you have this fail safe, you know, umbrella in case, you know, it's 2 a.m. And, and you're not reading it right. Nurse, that's right. not a specialist here. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. And I know, I mean, gosh, that's can think about it. it's 255,000 people, you know, if, if, you know, some probably, right. but you know, it's, and, and it's significant. Yeah. It's very significant. Um, yeah. And, and having, you know, some type of whether it be remote or whether it be on site, but yeah, we, what we do is really, 
we can free the pharmacist up in a side-by-side -side situation where, you know, we may be working during the day and that pharmacist is able to go up and do clinical rounds. They are able to go up and have that patient interview at discharge or even have that patient interview on admission as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, for, for med reconciliation, yeah. I mean, you know, med reconciliation and it's something and it's a program that we're working on right now as well. You know, really being able to do patient intervention via video yeah. at the admission to the hospital or even while the patient's still in the emergency room. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know that if we're not getting accurate medication lists when they come into the hospital, then everything's going to be inaccurate throughout their entire hospital stay. So yeah. very important to to address the situation or to address, you know, that patient medication history at the start or at the onset of their hospital stay. So very right. important. No, absolutely. Well, awesome. I mean, I really appreciate kind of what, you know, what you guys are doing and that extra support. I know even a lot of my nursing friends, you know, to think, I know that that whole case that came up at Vanderbilt really scared everyone of misadministered or something. And I think you already, you know, we're working on solving that challenge even before it, it hit so that, you know, we're already asking our nurses to do so much, you know, or more with less, or even our pharmacists to do more with less that, you know, providing some of these services to, to take that onus off to, to go into where they went into it, which is patient care, patient communication. Um, You're absolutely It's right. really supportive, you know? Right. Patient awesome. safety is a, is a huge, um, it, it's, it's a passion of mine. I actually had to deal with a, a, uh, a medication error that resulted in a patient death. Um, it was, uh, it happened at a location that I was working at and I was the pharmacy manager and, you know, having to sit down and have that conversation with that patient's family that, Hey, you know, a medication error resulted in this death. You know, so it's, it's very important in, you know, patient safety. You know, I remember, reading to air is human, the IHI report that came out back in the nineties. Yeah. And, you know, it's absolutely amazing the, the number of mistakes and yeah, I mean, you, some of the things that you don't realize that are medication errors, yeah. you know, let's, uh, let's say a patient is supposed to get a drop in their right eye. They get it in the left eye. Technically that is a medication error. It's yeah, yeah. administered. At, at the wrong site. Yeah. So, you know, anything that we can do to improve patient safety in a hospital setting, because patients are, patients are at our mercy, mercy in an acute care or a long-term acute care setting. So it's very important for us to put all the mechanisms in place that we can to protect those patients and make their, their stay as absolutely safe as possible. Yeah. Remote pharmacy services can certainly do that. Uh, you know, we can, you know, we, we've expanded beyond just overnight. You know, I have pharmacists, I have about 175 pharmacists that work for me. Part of them work during the day. You know, not all of them work overnight. And yeah. they work side by side with some of the pharmacies and in hospitals that we work. So. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me and kind of educating, especially me about some of these places and how, how, um, you know, the virtual aspect is really, really available now um, in a lot of facets that, that people don't think of. So um, uh, specifically right. patient safety and medication. So I appreciate your time and, and thank you so much. Thank you, Julie.
and I have certainly enjoyed it. And I appreciate, um, you know, you giving me this platform and this opportunity to talk about my passion, which is patient safety. So awesome. All right. Absolutely. Thanks.